Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you've tuned in here to America's Home for Conservative Not Bitter Talk. It is my pleasure to be here today. Email address, as always, well, ever since we changed the email address, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And you can send your thoughts and your questions. You can send um, articles of things you want to talk about. You can send opinions. You can send... Whatever it is you want to send, just make it count, as I've said on this program before, as 99.9% of you do a very good job of that. But I just have to make it known for that 0.1% that may not know what they're doing. Just make it count, my friends. Todd at com, And always, always throw some adoration and praise in there as well. Kidding, not kidding. So yesterday I said that there was a, well... You know, there's a lot of days that I overprepare. How about this? Let me let me say it this way. I I overprepare um, because, and I don't know for for this may sound a little strange. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll completely resonate with you. But when this we don't script anything, right? I mean, I don't have notes. I just have articles. I. I put, um, I kind of put things in an order that I think I want to get to them. We sometimes follow that. We sometimes don't. I just go where the flow of the uh, of the conversation goes for the day. I might mention something that, in a particular part, that makes me think of something else I wanted to get to later. Reference it briefly, or we might spend a little time in that as well. Um, but it's not scripted. So when you prepare for something. That isn't scripted to the nth degree or scripted at all in the case of this show. Um, sometimes you don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to talk about things. I talk about them um, as long as I find it interesting or important or something I want to make sure that I articulate things that I think you're thinking about as well, things that I think you would want to know about, Um and then we, we move on. And you don't know. You don't know how long that's going to take. You're not sure when you you pull up, you know, have a list of articles. Hey, I want to get to this, this, this. You know, you might spend. Um, something might take you half as long as you expected. Or you might get into something and it opens up several important points that you, you know, you sink your roots there for a couple of segments, or maybe even the entire episode. Sometimes we know that coming in, sometimes sometimes we don't. I should say I know coming in, sometimes I don't. Um, and so there's a lot of things at the end of every show that I don't get to. And so today, I'm going to make sure that we go back to some things that I think are important um, from yesterday's program. So if um, we might do this a little bit at the sake of anything that was newsworthy yesterday, but there was a lot of newsworthy worthy things from 
Tuesday that I couldn't get to yesterday. So this is a constant battle that I that I face, and I think that this is where we're going to start today. So all that being said, something I may have mentioned briefly yesterday, but we didn't talk about it. It is the notion or this well this announcement, I guess, that Elon Musk should his purchase of Twitter actually go through, which, of course, this is a process. There's lawsuits. There's, you know, um, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion, although he's clearly um, eclipsed some hurdles at this point. So he is, um, he was asked if he is going to continue with the perma ban, the permanent ban of the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And I want to play this soundbite, and I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this, by the way. I'll tell you, he references this, I think, in the clip, but I want to say this as well. Jack Dorsey, who, as you know, was the CEO of Twitter at the time uh, when Trump was banned from Twitter. Uh, Jack Dorsey agrees with Elon Musk on this decision to... um, allow Trump back on the platform. The ACLU also, I saw a statement from the ACLU. I think it was a statement. Where is it here? It's in this article here, AmericanWireNews.com. Yeah, here it is. A statement from the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. This is what this statement, um, which was given by Anthony Romero, says, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more steadfast opponent of Trump and his policies than the ACLU, but Elon Musk's decision to re-platform President Trump is the right call. So now, now we have a situation that if this purchase goes through, and who knows, at this point, even if the purchase doesn't go through, um, I mean, look, the, the, Twitter's still going to silence conservative opinions um, or try to. There's going to be people at, let's say it this way, there's going to be people at Twitter, if Elon Musk takes control, he's going to have to figure out who the the folks are that are going to still try to actively engage in this. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. But even if Elon Musk doesn't go through or this purchase doesn't go through, I, I feel that public sentiment on this is changing. I mean, the ACLU is coming out now and saying, that President Trump should be replatformed, former President Trump should be replatformed uh, on Twitter, uh, which is a big deal when you realize that for a long time they were defending this nonsense. The I don't know if the ACLU in particular, I'd have to go back and look, but the movement um, was to silence President Trump. And now Jack Dorsey as well, who was there uh, in, the, in the room that made the decision. Uh, to permanently ban permanently remember that was the that's the other thing it wasn't just temporarily banned it was permanent banned now jack dorsey in a tweet yesterday said it was a business decision it shouldn't have been um and he says that permanent bans of individuals are directionally wrong he tweeted that out yesterday afternoon so it looks like everyone is moving or arriving at the place we all should have been at the very beginning. So that's encouraging, but nonetheless, um, it's only, I think it's only because, and I don't put Musk in this, in this group, of course, I think, I think Musk is a principled, look, I'm always open to, to, and some of you don't agree with that, but, um, I'm, I'm open to being convinced. Otherwise we should be very 
cautious and skeptical of people that have this much this much power and so forth. I I'm anyone, real. I mean, um, of course, I'm a naturally sometimes I'm a naturally trusting guy, but I think Musk is principled on his free speech positions. So all that being said, let's listen to this soundbite. It's it's. I want you to listen. I may cut it off here, but as I was preparing, I thought I want to play this whole thing so you can hear Musk articulate his his thoughts. But this is Elon Musk when asked about returning Trump to Twitter, allowing Trump's uh, to have a Twitter account again if the purchase, if his purchase of Twitter goes through. Here it is. Paid elephant in the room. Are you planning to let Donald Trump back on? To paid elephant. <laughs> Well, I, I think there's, there's a general question of should Twitter have permanent bans? Um, and, you know, I've, I've talked with Jack Dorsey about this, and uh, he and I are of the same mind, which is that uh, permanent bans should be uh, extremely rare and really reserved for uh, people where they're trying to, uh, for, for accounts that are. Uh, bots or uh, spam scam accounts uh, where there's just no legitimacy to the account at all. Um, I, I do think that uh, uh, it was not correct uh, to ban Donald Trump. I think that was, that was a mistake um, because it, uh, it alienated a large part of the country and did not ultimately result in Donald Trump not having a voice. He is now going to be on Truth Social, um, as will uh, a large part of the sort of the, the right in the in the United States. Um, and so, I think this could end up being, frankly, worse than having a single, you know a single forum where everyone can debate. Um, so. Um, I guess the answer is that I, 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 I would reverse the perma ban. I'll say I'm not, I don't own Twitter yet, so this is not like a thing that will definitely happen, because what if I don't own Twitter? Um, but my opinion, and Jack Dorsey, I want to be clear, shares this opinion, uh, is that we should not have perma, perma bans. Um, now, now, that doesn't mean that somebody gets to say whatever they want to say. If they say something that is uh, illegal or um, otherwise, you know, uh, just you know, just destructive to the world, then, then that's, there should be perhaps a timeout, uh, a temporary suspension, or, or that particular tweet uh, should be uh, uh, made invisible or, or have very limited uh, traction. So you get the idea, right? You get the idea here that Musk is saying, look, these permabans aren't, aren't good. He made the point twice there that Jack Dorsey agrees with him on this. And the, there's an echo. He's, I, the, the forum. It looks like a. I honestly don't know where the this is taking place. It looks like Musk is joining via Zoom, and it looks like there's a host in a large room. So I think they were feeding that over, maybe speakers or something in a maybe a larger auditorium. I don't know how big the auditorium, but some sort of an auditorium. And it there's a little bit of an echo there, um, but this is. Congratulations, kudos to Jack Dorsey for finally uh, making his way to the party here. This is the right. This was always the right thing to do. This is always the right thing to do. Uh, Musk, I think, should have been a little clearer here too. Um, you know, people that should be banned from Twitter might be I don't know people like Al Qaeda and and ISIS members that kind of stuff beheading people. How about that? 
We don't have that. Uh, we don't have that on there. But if people are engaged in, in legitimate political debate, even if it's something, and this is something that I wish we would get back to, right? Something that I wish we would get back to in this country. Even if it's something that we find that I find personally reprehensible and idiotic, you have to let, oh my goodness, folks. This goes to show the, the people who are in favor of censoring speech because it's something that they find, I don't know, deplorable, like Hillary would say, or whatever, um, offensive. These are such subjective terms to begin with. But if people understood history outside of you know, just their existence on planet Earth, if they looked back at the history of governments of the world, and if they understood and saw the importance of allowing for these discussions to be have uh, to be had in an unfettered way, they would understand the importance of this, right? You have to allow for the bad ideas to be said so that you can really determine which ones the good ones are. If you can't talk about things, if you can't talk about something, um, you're you're sometimes you're giving it more power, right? Sometimes you're um, it's like if you tell your kid, you know, oh, don't don't go in that closet. I got I got stuff in there that you know it's just stuff that I don't want anybody to see. I mean, you're just like. You're almost stirring the uh, what the, the the emotions, just creating a bunch of interest in going in and doing something you don't want someone to do. And maybe that's not a perfect I- I analogy or an example here, but the point is, let these things come out. Let them come out. Let's talk about them. And if it's a good idea, that's why I've said on this program countless times, truth is not afraid of questions. Truth is not afraid of questions. Who was it? I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Somebody said, uh, you can't question truth. Was it Chris Wallace when he was still at CNN for about 45 minutes there before they drove CNN Plus nose first into the ground and uh, invested lots of money and you know only had service for like, what was it, three or four weeks or something stupid like that? Chris Wallace I believe, didn't he say, uh, yeah, as, as I'm saying this, is coming back to me. He was asked why he left Fox News, and he said people over there were questioning the truth. I, I would contend that that is the job of, <clears throat> um, of all, I mean, to question everything. It's not just to say, oh, let me find the things that are true, and let me try to discredit them. That's not the point, but let's let's talk about things. Are we really sure? And, of course, he was referencing election fraud and that sort of thing, which, by the way, I don't know if you've seen 2,000, to 2,000 mules. I'm not sure if you've seen that yet. I'm going to watch that here probably over the weekend, um, although we have a busy schedule of games with the kids. I'm going to try to squeeze that in. Anyway, but this is how you get to the truth. Why are you afraid? What would truth be afraid of? Folks, it's, it's funny to me. I you know, I'm. I don't want to get too much into this today or at the moment. But I, you know that I, I made it clear that I'm a Bible believing Christian, and a lot of a lot of people, a lot of people, act like Christians. And I'm not saying there's not any. Don't misunderstand. But a lot of people act as though if you're a Christian, you just believe, you know, just believe whatever anybody tells you. Just don't question anything. 
You know, people uh, people know that virgins don't get pregnant with babies. People know that people, uh, you know, other people don't raise from the dead. What kind of nonsense are you believing? But what they don't know is someone like me, and I venture to say many of you out there as well who have uh, a, a strong faith or a faith in, in Christ who have explored these things. You've questioned, you've asked questions, you know, and as on that journey, it's not as though, you know, for our Christian audience or for anyone for that matter, it's not as though God says, I can't believe you'd ask me that. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have an answer for that one, Todd. That's not how that works, right? Truth is an unmovable force. It is, and granted, people can, people can misrepresent truth, but now what's the problem? The problem, the problem isn't that truth suddenly can't withstand. It's that people are saying falsehoods. But what's the best way to keep people from saying, you're never going to stop people from saying falsehoods. The best way to address falsehoods and lies is to have a free and open exchange where nothing is kept from the people and you can get information and things aren't covered up. And of course, the media doesn't hide things and misrepresent things like Hunter Biden's laptop and Hillary's emails and all this sort of stuff. Whatever it is, by the way, whatever political party, right? This is how you get to you get to the truth. It's not, or this is how you get people to believe. How about that? That's probably the better way of saying it. To get people to accept it, you have to let people explore. You have to let people say, you know, here's a problem I have with that. Todd or Elon Musk or whoever they're talking to, hey, this is a problem I have. How do you answer this? I mean, this is the whole, I've, I've said this before, this is the whole basis of this uh, ministry called Christian Apologetics. Christian Apologetics actually is where people who believe in the Bible go out and say, you know, I've, I'm defending it. Ask your questions. Bring them on, right? And the left, the media, the radical left here, they're all saying the opposite. If someone's saying a, an idea or making an argument or pushing a political perspective they don't like, they look for ways to silence it. They actively do this. And then, of course, but they've got political cover because they've already invested decades, a lot of capital, a lot of, well, a lot of actual monetary capital, as well as just uh, sweat equity into the idea of branding people as evil, racist, homophobes, bigots, all these sorts of things, so that they've got a starting point to attack a person. And then if they tell people long enough that these ideas are bigoted, homophobic, sexist, racist, if you simply hear capitalism is good, well, they've branded that as racist. They actually try to do this. They literally try to do this. Look into the critical race theory stuff. That's, that's in that, that, that world. And so if you say those things, argue for free markets, they say, look, this guy's a racist. We know this is, you know, science is... Research has proven that this is a racist uh, economic system. So this person's a racist, and they're like, look, I'm just trying to argue for free, free markets here. It's actually good for all people of all races, of all ethnicities, all genders, both genders. Anyway, so timeouts in order. But that's the way to look at this. And kudos to Musk for this. And again, who knows where this will go. And kudos to the rest of the folks who are out there saying that uh, Trump should be banned, finally arriving at the party a little bit late here, actually really late, um, in coming to the conclusion that he should not have been. Look at that. Folks, if you do, 
The things we were saying at the very beginning of this, what was it, 15 months ago, if you just stay there, wait long enough for the people in the crowd to have their response and scream at the universe and wander around aimlessly, just screaming and foaming at the mouth, eventually they'll end back up where we, where we are because this is the place that everyone should have been to begin with. So, quick time out, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Back, my friends, this segment is going to be truncated a bit, being well, significant bit, <laughs> because I was really long that first segment. But that's look, that's we, we've arrived back at the point where we should have always been regarding regarding this uh, concept of, of free speech and and debate. And Twitter again, I'm I'm very happy with the direction that Musk is telling us he's going to take Twitter. Should this purchase go through? And coincidentally, I think I, I think I may have mentioned this on here before. I think that the other social media platforms are going into hyperdrive now. In fact, do not be surprised if you have an account on another platform um, that is, you know, they're they're going through old posts, folks. I've had I've had two strikes from the Nazis at YouTube. Here, I don't even post our show to YouTube anymore, and it's because of this. I, I've tried. I've thought about a couple things. I've we, we've we've a couple of times have revisited that, and for a short time, I've posted stuff there. But you know, it, it's hard to think about investing in building reach on a platform. And look, I would love to reach people on any platform where they are. I mean, we're producing this show; it's just a distribution issue at that point let's get it to people where they listen if they listen on youtube let's get it there if they listen on apple podcasts and spotify and iHeartRadio, there's all places that you can listen to the show and by the way god willing god willing there's going to be other radio stations here in the near future in fact i had meeting yesterday we're looking at opening potentially a couple of markets um you don't know how much i want to tell you about this you just don't (laughs) you don't even know i just you're smart. I don't mean like that. I just, I can't tell you the stuff that I want to share. It really, um, sometimes I'm just dying to say it, but I, I can't yet. But there's a lot of things that, you know, I want to be where people can listen, right? I want to get in front of as many people as we can because I believe in what we're doing. I believe, I believe that the message that you hear on this program will resonate. I think 80 I think 80% of the, what we talk about on this program will connect with 80% of the people in this country. And that might, may sound like a bold statement, which this actually may be a great segue to what I want to talk about next in our next segment. I'm going to skip. Remember I said at the top of the show sometimes I skip. In saying that, no, I'm not skipping. Well, I'm skipping one thing. I don't want to play. I had a soundbite of Lindsey Graham um, I saw on Anderson, what's Anderson, whatever Anderson Cooper's show is. 360. Is it 360? Over there spinning in circles with Anderson Cooper. Um, <laughs> they they uh, they had an audio soundbite of, of Lindsey Graham um, saying that Biden was the best person to rally the com- uh, country after January 6th, which of course is... I mean, of course someone who's been in politics as long as Lindsey Graham w- would say that. I, it, the, the things that we're subjected to, the... 
just the general mindset of Washington, D.C. in general, those lifetime politicians, they, they don't have any idea how the average person sees uh, sees people like Joe Biden, especially when we read the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop and no one seems to care about this. Anyway, I don't want to play that soundbite. That's, that's out there as well. I just want you to know that we, we have that. But I want to jump ahead here. I want to jump ahead, skip that one. We're going to nix that. We're going to go to... The Ministry of Truth, Weird Nina Yankovic. I think that's a perfect name for her. I don't know if you've seen her. She's she's the one that sing uh, sings the Mary Poppins songs. Uh, she's the director of the Ministry of Truth or whatever the Ministry of Truth Czar, whatever we're calling these people. Yesterday we played a soundbite from Alejandro Mayorkas saying that the Ministry of Truth is actually doing the opposite of what conservatives tell you, which is, you know, protecting the integrity of truth. And so give me a break. Again, it goes back to what we were saying last, last segment. What allows truth to be able to stand firm is to have a free fight, right? Did you see, and for those of you that watch the NBA, I read a headline. Did Barkley say, Charles Barkley say that fans and players that get into it, they should like, um, I don't know exactly how I said it, but basically square off center court and go mano y mano. You want to increase the likelihood that I'll watch the NBA again? Bring something like that in. Now, I, I shouldn't say that. I do watch I do watch a little bit of the NBA, the playoffs. It's remarkable, by the way, for those of you that do watch. They, they play. I don't think I'm exaggerating and saying twice as hard in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. And these guys actually get after it. It's, it's kind of entertaining to watch. But if we had fans, fans, as Barkley suggests, uh, go nose-to-nose if they've got a beef with the player, nose-to-nose at the, uh, the, what, the, the half-court circle or whatever, that could be an interesting, interesting watch. I think he did say that. But anyway, the, that's, the point is truth. Let it fight. Let it fight fairly. Because the rules are really all designed, the rules that these – Weird Nina Yankovic want to come up with the Ministry of Truth, the rules and the definitions, they're all you talk about something that's actually skewed to help one political ideology, that's what it is and it's not because liberals are telling the truth, it's because of the nuances it's just like when I was in school and I had that debate um, which I've shared with you before a girl said to me, we were debating abortion as it would um so happened. This is 20 years or been over 20 years ago. And she said, she called me anti-choice during our discussion. And I said, I tell you what, I'll let you call me anti-choice when you allow me to call you anti-life. And she kind of didn't know what to say because no one pushed back in those days at all. They just said, oh, I'm not this. You don't, you know, I, I don't mean that. And they backpedal and play defense. And I say, forget that. How about we play this game equally? But the point is, the person that defines the terms has an advantage. The person who sets the rules has the advantage, right? And that's why they that's why they want to set this up. They want to set this up. And, of course, they'll find out some way. It's, of course, probably backed by science. Oh, yes, it's backed by science that says what they're doing is actually so beneficial to free uh, societies and democracy and all this sort of stuff and Word Nina Yankovic is out here saying that liberals are the ones who are actually censored more on social media than conservatives anyway. I, re- I referenced this yesterday. I want to play the soundbite, talk about it next segment. Sit tight, my friends. 
Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's look here at what weird Nina Yankovic thinks about, again, the head of the department, or the ministry, I should say, of truth. She's out there saying, (laughs) she's saying it this time. She's not singing it. I wish that she was singing it. I might even sing along with her if she were singing it. Um. I'm not even, I, th- I thought for a moment, you know, there was an episode very early, very early on of this show. I'm talking early days of the podcast. I'm talking back when this show was still called The Antidote to Liberalism, which of course was just meant to be a, f- a fun little way of saying common sense is the antidote to liberalism, right? It's not, uh, some people you got to explain stuff to, uh, you know. Anyway, so I had to do that in the past. People, People get offended. What do you mean common sense? This sounds like this sounds like something nefarious. What are you talking about? The antidote to liberalism. Anyway. But early in the day, I just remember this hit me as I said this when I thought about singing along with uh weird Nina Yankovic here. But she uh there was an episode early on when Hillary was in the primaries, she went to I want to say South Carolina. And they, I kid you not, you can, well, I would say you can Google this. Who knows if Google scraped this, uh, whitewashed it from existence. I doubt that they have with this, but who knows. But there's literally, I kid you not, a song that this, uh, I think she was at a church. I think Hillary was at a church, and they were singing an old gospel hymn. Um, and they were singing it, woke up this morning with my mind staying on Hillary. I'm so tempted to sing it. It would You'd probably have to plug your ears if I did that, but um, I did sing it. <laughs> when the show came on, I remember I was singing. I, I just played that, that song or that uh, clip, and I was singing along, uh, singing praises, of course not seriously, to... Hillary, which I guess is equivalent to that. When I say when I say to the certain groups in the radical left that these government is God or certain politicians, I mean this is we we get there if we just pay close enough attention. There's examples of this. They're literally they were singing hymnals, hymnals that were originally directed to God. Not it's not funny. It's just it's craziest to me is what it is. And it needs to be made fun of. It needs to be made fun of because it is absolutely insane, ludicrous, and if I dare say dangerous. If this mindset permeates our culture to, you know, it, it goes from being a fringe belief to being something that drives a whole political party or a whole country. Yikes. I mean, that's a massive problem for me. Anyway, so the minister of truth I don't even know where she is. She's being interviewed. She's being asked questions. Weird Nina Yankovic here. And she is asked about, uh, you know, well, she's being, she's talking about whether or not, um, you know, who's getting silenced, basically. Are these conservative people? And, of course, she's got the answer here, which, of course, is truly laughable. Here's, here's this uh, short little bit. Give me a second here. This thing didn't load. Let's try that again. Weird Nina Yankovic. This is her explaining who's really 
telling us who really gets censored on social media. There's already this idea, this allegation <clears throat> that there is anti-conservative bias on the platforms, even though there has been study after study proving, in fact, that often it's liberal voices that are being silenced, particularly minority voices um, on social media. So I think we're going to see more allegations of that. There's so, so she's saying, not only is she saying it's liberal voices who are silenced, it's minorities so now we're to the point in the conversation, which of course we all knew we'd get to, where social media is not only biased against liberals, which is utterly insane. Even if she sang a song to this, I don't think anyone with the brain would buy this. This is not what is <laughs> this is not what is happening. Was Obama taken down from Twitter. I mean, this this is demonstrably provable. We don't have to be engaged in some research to know what's going on here. Research, folks, in many cases for the left, and I think the sooner that people come to the grip of this, the better, uh, come to grips with this, I should say. Well, research is often used at times as, as cover, Right? What's the methodology? What methodology of the research? What are they actually studying? What were the the questions? What what were the hypotheses? How did they test it? What what did they come? What was their their rationale? Their system? How did they how did they get here? Who was doing it? Right? If you look at, I guarantee, if you look at this, and if you find that they were objective in their research and analysis, ain't no way that liberals are targeted or silenced more on social media than conservatives. Now. Maybe, I suppose, and it would make sense because we see what happens when they, um, when they use platforms to dox justices. Now, in that case, Ruth sent us that group. Should they, I mean, that's an actual reason to, to shut an account down or to take a tweet down when they're doxing addresses, personal addresses of people with the intent of trying to get people there to go intimidate them, right? Calling people, pushing people to doing something. I'm not saying that they should have. I'm saying, I'm saying activities like that are not the same thing as a conservative saying, I think I don't trust the election results of 2020. Bam, you're shut down. When for four years, five years, six years now, we've heard about Trump-Russian collusion and how Trump stole the election from Hillary. That's permissible. Folks, this, is, this doesn't need researched. This is silly. And on top of that, she's now saying, Social media, I guess, is racist. It's targeting minorities. Anyway, crazy, crazy stuff. And, of course, this is what passes as truth for these radical, insane leftists led now by weird Nina Yankovic. Quick time out, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. my friends so you know tomorrow on tomorrow's show i'm just thinking here as we're um kind of queuing up here with uh, the the time that we have remaining which is just a few minutes but on tomorrow's show i think we're going to do something a little bit different i think about this from time to time um just on today's show i kind of inadvertently went down a little bit of of memory lane here um i talked about the Hillary soundbite where they were singing, woke up this morning with my mind staying on Hillary. 
Um, so I think we might do something a little bit different tomorrow, um, which I think it's good for a Friday anyway. I like to try to mix that up from time to time. So hopefully, again, um, depending on what's what's going on, but that that's my intent. In fact, I think we'll just we'll commit to that um, to to doing what I have in my head which is kind of going through some things that I think are important. In fact, I guess I'll set it up here since I've opened. So I think you know that we've got um, conservative, not bitter university. We're developing, um, well, I've got got some courses that we're about to, we're looking at launching here soon. Um, Some that um, we're developing. I've got, we've got a whole list of things that we're, developing and some of that's been you know put on on hold but we've we've got some of these things you know developed and ready ready to roll out but as i've as i've thought about that the whole point of that is to provide an online training academy for people that helps in this world of conservatism right explaining concepts and ideas but to me the most the most important thing and i mean this the most important thing is to be able to persuade people, and I know this isn't for, I think it, I think it is for everybody if they pause and, and listen to me. In fact, I was recently interviewed on a podcast at Freedom 95 that Jeremy does over there at the station. Um, Voices of Freedom is the name of that. I need to post that so you can listen to it. He's, he's a great interviewer. It was a good conversation, but um, he asked me a question about you know, he says he's an introvert. You know, how does an introvert engage with these things? And I actually think it may be easier for people who are introverted. And I'll explain that maybe on tomorrow's program um, as well. So I'm going to do something a little bit different, kind of go through that, maybe tell a little bit of some some stories, some things that have happened, maybe maybe a little bit of where we were headed next um, and, and talking about just – this moment that we have, this moment that we have before us, which I think is the greatest single opportunity we have to persuade people towards for truth in my lifetime. I think it's right at our fingertips, and I think we had better get um, get serious or more serious. I know people are at different phases. Some, some of you I'm talking to are doing all sorts of stuff. Um, some folks don't know what to do, and some folks are trying and just you know, still learning. And wherever you are, it's fine. It's a good thing we can we can help move that that needle and project us forward um, and project and help get truth out there. That's really what needs to be done. So, quick time out, my friends. Come back and wrap up for the day. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. All right, my friends. That is about all of the time that we have today. But again, tomorrow. Tomorrow, what we're going to do, we're going to kind of go through, um, we're going to go through some things, some basic principles and concepts on how to how to be more effective, how to be more effective in persuading people. And I look, if you're an introvert, look, this is obviously for extroverts, you know, people who are prepared to have you know conversations and debates, but it's also for introverts because. The first couple of steps, I think, are actually easier for 
an introvert than they are for an extrovert. But the, the there's a lot of opportunity out there, folks. A lot of people know things are broken, but they don't know what to do about it. They don't. And so conservatism has answers for this, and we better get it to people. Get them the truth. I've got to go. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. SDG.